If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. And joining us today, our guest, Mark Osterman from Travel on Points, ex-co-host. Good to have you back, Mark. Yo, yo, good to be back. I uh, got some good stories to tell, but nothing is as great as Sean's weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll talk about it. The Chicago seminars were this weekend. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so we will recap that. Uh, we'll talk about Mark's recent travels, maybe talk a little bit about Freedom Unlimited 3X, that new offer they came out with. I'd love to hear your guys' opinions on it really quickly. So we have a lot to talk about, but yeah, I was in Chicago. Should we start with the Chicago seminars or should we yeah, start with something else? Way. Okay. Let's give the people yeah, what they I've been want. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I only I, only I don't know the particulars of what happened, so I, I'm prepared to be very disappointed for all my hype. Welcome back, well, welcome back, by the way, Mark. Go Wreckers, I guess. Sorry, yeah, dude. Oh, geez, that was rough. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit, but at least the lines still look solid as hell, so that's nice. But no, we got to give the people what they want first, Sean. I mean, miles and points can get a little sophomoric at times with the the drama. Ooh, you've love. been studying SAT vocabulary <laughs> while you've been gone, Mark. <laughs> that was the biggest word you've ever said on this podcast. Very nice. Yeah. Very so nice. let's get let's give the the drama people what they want. Let's give them feed them. Well, the Chicago seminars, the original Chicago seminars, happened at the Holiday Inn, uh, Chicago Elk Grove, Mark's favorite hotel. The Worst people at the bar still. Your your loudness at the bar is still legendary from 2019. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But it's a you know cool venue, a cool event. Some people think, oh, it's a Holiday Inn, but it kind of feels like home if you've been to that event many times over the years. There were like 330 people that signed up. This is the biggest crowd for that event in many many years. The other you know event had a small 47. fraction of that, so I don't know the exact number, but it was a fraction of that. And I'm glad to see people supported the real event, and we sort of put that drama behind us because there was all that drama there. And I spoke about cruise hacking, and I spoke about buyers groups and you know selling and generating points that way so it was a fun thing lots of mtm diamond members there got to meet a lot of people for the first time i also got to reconnect with a lot of people that i hadn't seen since before covid right so you know people that i would normally see at events or around the community every year or so and i hadn't seen them in you know four years so it was really nice to to catch up with people there and uh, that's why i love those conferences so it all went well very successful so thanks to everybody who organized it and that's the end of my story. How about that? Yeah, that that sounds like how you wish it went. <laughs> I'm waving. It actually went great. My presentations went great. First presentation was at 10 a.m. on Saturday, and it was about cruise hacking. And people who listen to this podcast know that I did a whole episode on cruise hacking. So it's along that lines. It's just an updated version of that, how you can get free cruises, uh, match status, more perks on board. Uh, all that stuff. So talking about all of that, it was in the big room. So I think there was like 150 people there. Uh, so it was a big crowd, which the first time I talked about cruises at the Chicago seminars in 2014, there was like 15 people there, although there wasn't the whole cruise hacking angle. So it was nice to see the big room filled up for cruise people, even though 
Well, Joe, you're kind of a cruise person. That's a multiple of 10, Joe, just for you, math man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, SAT, verbal and math, Mark. (laughs) Amazing. Very proud of you. Yeah, I I really enjoyed cruises. It's good to hear that it was filled up. And yeah, I want to hear what happened during this presentation. Actually, I, I got one quick question for you. I'm curious, like, what do people take notes on? These days, is there like a lot of clickety clackety with laptops or do people take notes on their phone? Like how have, how's, how's that game evolved over time? You know, cause people used to, or I think I, I think I did it on pen and paper oh, back in the day, even, even I like saw, five, six years ago, I still liked using pen and paper. I saw a lot of pen and paper, actually uh, a lot of people taking pictures of the slides too. I try to put a lot of the information that I'm saying, or at least the key points on the slides to make it easier for people uh, instead of just having the headlines there. So, uh, yeah, I saw that. I'm People had laptops, too. And, uh, but I saw a lot of people big taking pictures, a lot of people handwriting notes. Uh, but, yeah, about five minutes into the presentation. So you guys know I'm not somebody who likes to be controversial. I'm not somebody who likes to be in confrontation with people. In it's fact, like it really, really messes me up. ever. Like, <laughs> I don't know. No, uh, like, maybe it maybe like You're deathly afraid of, of confrontation. Yes, I avoid confrontation at all costs. So... Imagine me kicking somebody out of my presentation. So there's the headline there. But about five minutes in, yeah, a member of the community. And he was actually in the MTM group, Facebook group too. Somebody I had seen around over the years, never really talked to. I guess he's known for being not so nice to certain people. I don't know. But I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to shame him. But, you know, he started giving me a hard time about five minutes into my presentation trying to correct me and he was wrong. And so I told him, you know, I added the information, kind of explained things a little bit more. And then after I did that, well, you're wrong, he said to me. And I said, you can leave. And I put my hand out towards the door and he got up and he left. I, I'm surprised I will say on one side, easily, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was a little bit, a little shocked. my whole goal. Yeah, my goal with it was like, I wanted him to leave. So I was telling him to leave, but I did it in a way that I hoped he would get the hint, and he did. But it wasn't something I thought about either. It wasn't like I had this in my mind. You know, when he decided he was going to come at me again, I'm like, there's a room full of people here. By the way, he's sitting in the front row about six feet in front of me, like right in front of me in this giant room. So I'm not going to go through the rest of the presentation uh, with this guy right there wanting to troll me. And you know, this is the sad thing about the internet or about the world these days, how people feel like they can treat people other ways. I'm not going to get on my soapbox with that. But when somebody's volunteering their time, sharing the information, if you disagree, that's fine. And he had the, we allowed him to, to share. And if anybody's ever been to one of my presentations, I don't just get up there and talk and then not have, they're very interactive. So I take Q and A's and I let everybody in the audience share their data points because, you know, when we go to these things, it's not just the speaker who has knowledge, everybody in the room has knowledge, especially when you have 150 travel hackers in a room, there's going to be people who have knowledge that I don't, there's going to be data points. And all throughout the rest of that presentation, people were sharing, sometimes people were sharing updated data points. But anyway, you know, he left. And the real sort of uh, unfortunate part about this is that, of course, the gossip, you know, rumor mill spread. So if you weren't in the room, every everybody immediately, I guess, started talking about it. They put, and down, then, their, they put down their pen and paper, Joe, so they could start messaging people. <laughs> they started. Text. I guess that's how you knew. That's how you knew they were gossiping. They took it, out their phones. It was like they're at a, a a show videoing the the band, except for they're all just typing. And Sean's like, "Oh crap! Oh, is it on video? 
How many? I mean, Abra, I don't, I don't think it is, but that's not uh, important. That's not important. How many messages <laughs> did you get, Mark? I know at least one person messaged you. Yeah, I got a couple uh, messages about it. So uh, it was kind of, I was just doing my thing in, in New Jersey and got the message. And I was like, oh, that's like the worst person for this to happen to because I know he's just, he's so in his head about it, like stressed out about it because I know you hate this type of stuff. So it sucks that it happened. And I will say, as a person that's given presentations, you know, just, and you, you run yours a bit differently, but just like to argue a point in it, like wait until the end or discuss it with the person afterwards. And it, it, from what I could gather, it seemed like it wasn't even that big of a deal or that key. It wasn't like you were giving like this information that would, even if it was wrong, that would really harm anyone. It was something so random and minuscule to argue about. It seems like just a waste of space, but that's what we've seen you know, writing about stuff in this space, the first comment is usually somebody trying to tell you you're wrong about something like they skim it. And, uh, you know, everybody just wants to point out that I know more than the blogger or whatever it be. And it's kind of just a sad place to be. Yeah. And this is apparently a guy who goes on a lot of cruises. And this wasn't even in my presentation, the thing he was trying to correct me on. And by the way, he started his thing. I want to correct an inaccuracy in what you said. And it was just very aggressive. Uh, And then, I, like I said, I I engaged him. Uh, But it was just about whether cruise ship casinos are regulated, and they're not. Uh, And he was arguing the point that they agree to Nevada regulations, basically just saying cruise ship casinos, uh, the odds are not as good as land-based casinos in most cases. That's all I said. That is true. That is widely accepted in the industry. Uh, But he wants to dispute that. And exactly, exactly. It has nothing to do with cruise hacking. Nothing. Exactly. And I responded to him and I added more color to it. There was a way he could have actually added that information, his opinion, without being rude. And, uh, you know, it's all unfortunate. I do empathize with the fact that it has to be embarrassing to get kicked out of a presentation uh, in front of 150 people, especially on the first morning of the conference, meaning that he had to be there for the next two days. So I feel bad for that. I stand by my decision of doing it. I don't regret it at all. I spoke to many people who were in the room. They all seemed to think that it was Okay. I didn't realize that there was a lot of people in the room who didn't hear the whole interaction. Uh, So it was a little confusing, I think, to some people in the room. So it was, it was nuts. And for the next two days, I had like a hundred people come up to me and ask me, you know, what happened and all that. And, you know, it's very embarrassing because that's just not my, my thing. But also I'm really over jerks. Uh, You know, Joe, I'm going to make you, I'm really over in, in this space. And so you can beat that out, Joe. I didn't get the beat. That's not mine. Don't be an ass. And if you're in a presentation, don't be an If you're on the internet and you're commenting, don't be an There's ways to disagree. There's ways. Just be a decent human being. And what he was doing was not decent, but I forgive him. And I want to put that out there because maybe he's revenge listening to this. I forgive you. The saddest thing to me is that you didn't realize that you were so wrong. And through the whole weekend, you kept playing like you were the victim of this. And, there, you know, this is not a big deal. You know, go about your life. Enjoy your cruises. I'll do the same. No hard feelings here. He also went in, he was in the Facebook group. And when uh, one of our moderators, Kevin, posted in there about the presentation, he decided that on top of everything else he did, he would say my presentation was terrible in the comments before rage well, quitting maybe, the group. Maybe the first 12 seconds of your presentation was terrible, but then he missed the, the good stuff yeah. was later. <laughs> yeah. So I considered yeah. deleting so the comment. Just warming but... up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Takes a minute. Good. Yeah, I think I mean I think the part where he got kicked out was I was the most I mean that was pretty exciting for most people I think so that uh, that worked out (laughs) to be an exciting part of it Uh, yeah so I think that just shows you what kind of person he is that on top of everything else he didn't learn any lessons he decided he was going to go into my Facebook group and trash me before he decides to rage quit 
you know, God bless him. That's all I got to say. I, I really don't have any bad feelings towards him. But I, just on a, light, on, a, on a larger note, just, yeah, have respect for people. Everybody at that event. And by the way, I do want to give a shout out to, uh, to all the people who organized it. There was quite a few people. Chris Moss, Jackie, uh, Kevin Song, A.T. Genter, Katie Genter. I'm sure I'm missing other people. But those were the main people who organized it. And they did a really great job of bringing the life back to this event. The last time I was there, it was in 2019, and Mark, you were there too, but I think it had lost some of the life under the new leadership at that time, and I think that they really breathed life into the community aspect, and you guys know I really love the community. I think we've all been given many gifts because of this hobby. And after What? I said, do you still, though? (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely do. There's much... That's the thing, right? Yeah, one person... You and I do our YouTube show... You and I do our YouTube show, and we get a lot of crazy comments, right? But there's 99 great comments for every one bad one. And, you know, it's hard not to focus on the negative ones, but there's so many amazing people in this hobby from, like, all different backgrounds. And we both know that. We've been around a long time. And that was my takeaway from the weekend, not that this guy ruined the first five minutes. And thankfully, you know, you're up there presenting. You just sort of don't get in your head. So I didn't think about it through the rest of the presentation. I just went on, and, you know, I really didn't even have another thought about it until people started bombarding me afterwards. But, uh, you know, God bless him, wish him the best. And may he consider being just a little bit nicer to people uh, because that's, you know, that's how I treat people and that's how I expect to be treated. And, you know, five years ago, I would have probably not said anything. And I'm just, like I said, I'm tired of jerks and I'm not going to put up with it because it takes away from everybody else in the room. It takes away from the positivity and it takes away from the community. Yeah, I agree. And I, I was joking about the the community, you know, I still, it's a great community. I love it. It's just, and this is with every community, the loudest people are usually the worst people. And, and that's unfortunate. And that's what you see or deal with on the front lines. Uh, but for the most part, you know, 95% of the people in this space are really cool and just want to share their experience. So I'm glad that the other 149 people in the room got to enjoy that. And I'm a little jealous of all the beeps. So there we go. Now I'm even. <laughs> you should see the look on Joe's face right now. Joe, you could have said no one when, when we uh, were raising him to be back on the podcast, but you allowed this. I allowed this. I'm, I just work here, man. I just I just show up when it's time, and then you bring these jokers on. Okay. Hey, Mark. I'm laughing you can so hard leave, my Mark. headphones Mark, just fell off. You can leave. <laughs> there you, you go, can Joe. Leave. You got it. You got it. This figured out. All right, I'm out. But yeah, it was a great event. I mean, there was a lot of new people there too. And it's always nice to see the passion of new people. And like I said, a lot of cool diamond members. And I had a great weekend. I just basically, uh, my I did my presentations. I did those two. Plus I did two panels. One was interesting. It was on sort of, sort of social media, but it ended up being sort of behind the scenes of how we run our you know, social media and our brands and everything, uh, which I didn't know that was going to be the topic of it, but it actually turned out to be a fascinating panel. But that was in the small room, so there's probably 20 people there, but uh, there was like six of us on the panel. That was cool. Also did a panel about big deals gone wrong, like the plastic merchant and other stuff. And did you guys see this article? I should have sent it to you before the show. Somebody just sent it to me like an hour ago about PFS Buyers Club and that ticket deal with Travis Scott and how they may lose a million dollars on that because of it. I, I so I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to the article for people listening. Apparently, they're way overextended on the tickets, and that's a you know another thing you have to really be careful with buyers clubs. So that was the whole presentation talking about you know the plastic merchant and some of the recent stuff uh, that we've talked about with that group that a lot people lost a lot of money 
or at least were floating a lot of money. And there was issues earlier this year uh, around a supplement sort of thing. So yeah, it was good to share that stuff to to basically put that message out there for people to be more careful because there were some conversations like there's so many smart people in this hobby, like incredibly smart, incredibly successful, high earners. Like, you know, we have every profession like you guys have been in the room with people in this community. They're so smart. And yet a lot of people sort of put that aside and not that they're not being smart, but we kind of put that aside in order to earn miles and points, get excited about it. I know I've done it. And, uh, you know, it's a good always to have a reminder of that. Yeah, greed uh, gets in the way no matter how smart you are. You know, that doesn't matter if it's gambling, if it's if it's miles and points or anything. Like if you get good at anything, you kind of, you know, get this ego built up inside that you're like, oh, I can I can handle this. That I'm not going to worry about the risks or whatever it be. And it's always good to have a refresher on that. And a lot of people say they'll even see like they'll even see like plastic merchant and be like, oh, how could you not see the signs of that? But then they get caught up in, you know, the the supplement company and they do the exact same thing. And you're like, oh, how can you see the signs that, oh, let me go buy some tickets for PFS because they've always paid on time. Uh, so there's just never, you know, you, you, you catch yourself up in it and, and you make decisions that you wouldn't normally make out of greed, I think, for miles and points, really. And to point out, I just want to be clear with PFS, they still are supposedly paying people. We've talked about how they changed the terms of the deal on how they were going to pay people. Uh, the tickets are selling for significantly less. There's just an overabundance of tickets. So we don't know that. I, I'll put a link to that, but I'm not saying that PFS is going out of business or they're not doing it, but it seems like they overextended themselves with this deal, right? They always did coin deals. Many of us have done you know, well over a dozen deals with them over the years. I've sold to them a bunch. And it seems like you talk about greed, like maybe in this getting in tickets, they said, oh, buy unlimited amounts of tickets. They saw dollar signs that they were going to make a ton off of this and uh, overextended themselves, it seems. But we don't know all the details, and I don't want to disparage PFS in any way. They have, up till now, made it clear they're going to reimburse people, even if they did change the terms of that, you know, paying a commission, how long it was going to take to pay, and stuff like that. So I just want to be accurate in describing what happened. But uh, it's always nice to have those types of panels to kind of open people's eyes but then something else, you know, next year, something else will happen and we all forget about it, right? Uh, and there's some other plays right now where people are very, very much extended, uh, which are concerning too. And ones that I know that we've all done, or at least you and I have done, Mark. And so not that that's going to go bad too, but, you know, we all have short-term memory, it seems. Yes. Right, Joe? I'm reading this Travis Scott thing and, <laughs> ooh, this is rough. Uh, the TLDR is, you know, with normal ticket reselling, like Taylor Swift, for example, like you figure you're going to at least get face value on it because if the concert is sold out and there's really no reason for artists to not sell out their concerts because it looks bad, right? If you don't sell out your concerts and if you're popular, I have no idea who Travis Scott is except for when, didn't he have like a Donald's nugget sauce at some point, like that is the first time I literally had ever heard of Travis Scott. Could not tell you anything about his music. I'm old, but I anyway, teach high schoolers people, and he doesn't even know. <laughs> hey, hey, I know all, what's they, up with that. Not they, cool. They listen to Mr. Chum. Know, they like to listen to music in Spanish. So uh, Travis Scott does not. Maybe do he does. His music. Everybody has a Spanish song these days. Yeah, how would you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. How would I know? I have no idea what he looks like. But anyway, so. Typically, they sell at their venues. Apparently, he like doubled the size of his tour, and then he has some big venues in like smaller towns, and that's why they can't resell the tickets. A lot of people are, you know, they're, I 
was only here for like three minutes and I clicked on three different articles and some in like bigger non miles and points um, publications. And so it's like resellers of tickets in general were over leveraged on this one. So I, yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's very scary when you're reselling if they switch to a larger venue because then, you know, you are holding the bag. So anyway, that's what happened. Yeah, Good thing got, I don't know who Travis Scott is. I didn't buy any of his tickets. Well, Travis Scott also is a famous member. He had that music festival, I think it was last year or the year before, in Houston where 10 people died uh, trying to storm out of there. There was like a stampede. So I don't know if that's affecting oh, yeah. what's Jeez. going on you know, or not. But he also added a bunch of shows, too. So what artists will typically do, and this is sort of a tip for people who are looking at tickets, if you see a weekend that's wide open and they don't have like a place to be the next day, Often what they will do is just announce one date, let's say on a Friday or a Saturday, uh, and they will add a second show once the first one show sells out. And it's a very typical thing. It's already really on their schedule, but they don't want to release all the tickets at once, so or they want to make sure it sells out before they start start selling the second thing. And that's what happened in a lot of cities, and PFS was basically telling people to buy unlimited amounts of tickets. I mean, they weren't telling people to buy specific shows or specific... I mean, there were some things, but you know, there wasn't enough limitations. I'm sure there were areas and cities and specific shows where you could have made money with Travis Scott. I'm not sure, but I haven't looked at all the economics of it. But tickets are very important that you can't just buy. I mean, Taylor Swift, sure, right? And Hamilton back in the day, sure. There are some of those like no-brainer things. But in general, like where the ticket is, the date, you know, the day of the week, uh, the city, the venue, all of that matters. And then also whether they can add another show. So hopefully that all goes well and they can pay everybody. Hey guys, I just wanted to drop in. After the show, I reached out to the PFS Buyers Club owner uh, who I've had some correspondence with in the past. Since we didn't have it on the agenda for the show, I wasn't able to do that before. And I wanted to share his side. He has a post on Dan's deals that sort of explains their whole take on it. So I'll put a link on that in the description. He also said, as of now, 90% of members have been paid out for their tickets. They've been made whole. Uh, The rest are waiting for their $25 per ticket commission. And on the Dan's deal post, it says that they expect 98% of people to get their money back. The only ones who they say are not going to get money back are people who didn't opt into the deal and tried to sell them tickets or people who added more tickets than what they opted in for. And that's all explained in their post. They claim that their number one priority since the beginning has been to make sure everybody gets their money back and that this was a really bad deal for them. They lost a lot of money. Also that they're going to focus more on their traditional coin arbitrage type deals. But again, I'll put the link in the description. You can read his statement on that, but it does seem like the vast majority of people are getting their money back with this deal. Now back to the show. Yeah, I've been trying to sell these Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie theater tickets. No, I'm just kidding. But man, a lot of people like, are going was, to watch that. I was like, were you using your AMC Stubbs deal to, to get yeah, those for free? Yeah, I'm, I'm, buying, <laughs> I'm, I'm, buying I'm buying a single AMC Stubbs Taylor Swift Eras movie <laughs> tickets and reselling them on the black market. I'm not doing that, okay? Everybody has an angle. Everybody has an, an angle. There were people at the Chicago seminars who went and saw it Friday night. And shamed me for not going. But you guys uh, have daughters. Are your Sorry. daughters in? I mean, my daughter Sophomore. is now getting into Taylor Swift. I mean, Sophomore her, high school. <laughs> but her schoolmates have, have, like, brainwashed my daughter. And now she's a huge Swifty. And now I'm going to have to buy expensive tickets uh, for, for for the next. I mean, she's already been here, I think. So yeah, I'm not going to go spend $1,000 a ticket. Charlotte is very big into Taylor Swift, like, knows all the songs and everything. And the sad thing is, like, I got Lions tickets this year. And if I would have got them last year, I would have been able to get Taylor Swift tickets because anything that happens at Ford Field, 
Lions season ticket holders get basically access to. So that, there's a lot of people that bought Lions tickets last year and then sold the Taylor Swift tickets and paid for their whole season package off of it. So I'm pretty upset that I didn't think about that or even realize that that was a thing. Uh, so it's something cool, like a nice perk to keep the tickets going forward, even if the Lions don't continue being the best team in the NFL. And some people said just if you really want cheap quote-unquote cheap Taylor Swift tickets. Apparently, Vienna, the show is rather cheap there, like $300 for tickets, or Rio. So just, you know, use your miles and points, hop on a plane, Vienna's go take awesome. a trip and see Taylor Swift for a lot less than you can here. So Better shout out to Nancy. Them, <laughs> yeah, oh, just be cautious. Shout out to Nancy, you said, yes. Yes. All right, Mark, let, uh, let's talk about your recent travels. What did you got? You went to New York. I saw you went to our beloved Roosevelt Island. Yeah, so I ended up having the 150,000-point timeshare offer through Hilton, and I gave the kids, you know, their birthdays. One is in October, one is in November. So I said, pick a spot you both want to go to uh, for your birthday trip and, you know, from this list, because it was a pretty extensive list. It was a deal that happened early in the year, I think January, and they both picked New York. So I was like, cool, you know, and, and we ended up having to go to New York in May, uh, a friend's 40th, and then back again uh, this week or last week, I should say. And, you know, we, we had that all lined up. And before we get into Roosevelt Island, I will just say I'm kind of over New York. I think, Sean, you're in that same spot. Used to love it and, you know, wanted to live there and was like, oh, how cool is this place? And I don't know what it is, if it's just getting older and not wanting the hustle bustle, or if it just feels different since COVID, a little bit dirtier, and just it, it just kind of wore me down. It's a tough place for family vacation, I'll say that too. It's just an exhausting experience, but the kids loved it, and that's what matters. I don't need any more confrontation. I don't need the New York people coming <laughs> after me, so don't group me in with you here, all right? I've had enough. No, actually, I have felt that too. It's just a little bit too chaotic, and it wears me down a lot quicker, so maybe it is age, or maybe it has changed. I talked to a New Yorker, a prominent New Yorker in the in the space this weekend, just kind of chatting with her and asking her about the city, and she even said that it feels a lot of the same ways that you just described as somebody who lives there. So it's anecdotal. It's still an amazing, incredible city, one of a kind yeah, city. Sure. But, you know, the things that I used to like just love, I mean, it used to be basically my second favorite city in the country behind San Francisco. And San Francisco, too, doesn't feel the way it used to. So I don't know, but I'm not, we're not trashing New York. But yeah, I definitely understand the difference in vibes based on my few visits these last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it was still a great trip overall. We did we, we jammed a lot into it. The first night we stayed, I booked uh, the Conrad uh, with a free night certificate uh, right on, what is it, on 52nd, something like that, the Midtown one, right by 7th, between 6th and 7th, I believe. And kind of like a boutique hotel experience was pretty cool. I paid 100 bucks to upgrade to a, a one-bedroom suite, so we had the door and everything. Probably should have gotten it anyway since I'm a diamond, but I didn't want to be the... Uh, hey, you have a suite available, shouldn't I get this for free type of person? So I just paid the 100 bucks; it was worth it. Uh, and then we moved to the Hilton around the corner, the Hilton Midtown, uh, for the timeshare presentation. And that was just kind of a dumpy, beat-up hotel, really. And the timeshare presentation was in the top floor, so we had that to do on Friday. But we went down to the Staten Island Ferry, walked around Battery Park, went to Central Park, Times Square, Chelsea Market. We finally hit... The Little Island, which was cool. I hadn't been able to see that yet in my my recent trips. So check that out. And then we went over to Roosevelt Island one day, which my, my wife was like, there's nothing out here. It's kind of boring. And I said, well, that's the the charm of it. Like you're, you're, you ride two minutes away and you're in like a whole different world. 
and you can see the, uh, you know, the city skyline and all that stuff. I said, it's kind of cool. Like it's more like a neighborhood that, you know, regular old people live and it's, you know, family, you see kids getting off school buses everywhere and stuff like that. And finally made it up to the rooftop of the graduate hotel. The panorama room is the name of the bar and it is just spectacular. The views you get from that of the Manhattan skyline is second to none in the city. A beer was, of course, expensive. It was like $10 for a, a regular lager, uh, which is expected in New York, but so worth it. You go outside. The one negative thing was the kids couldn't go up. They're only allowed up b- before 3 p.m., which doesn't make sense to me. And that's only on Saturdays and Sundays. And we were there on Friday, and it was right at 3 p.m. We got there. That's when they opened during the week. So my wife sat on a bench with them for 30 minutes while I went up and drank a beer because I said, I've been waiting two years to do this. I'm going up. (laughs) I don't care what you guys do, but I'm making this happen. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think you and I are the only ones who really just love Roosevelt Island for what it is. Like we both see the same thing in it. And every time I talk to people about Roosevelt Island, their eyes sort of roll. They're like, why would you go there? Why do you care about it? It's cool. You know, you got the cable car out there. It's uh, unique and the views of the skyline are cool. And yeah, that bar looked really neat. I think you shared it on X, formerly known as Twitter. Is that how we're supposed to say it? Yeah, the Conrad. Let's talk about the Conrad real quick. I stayed there last year. I believe it used to be where the free nights or the points booked you into a into the one-bedroom suite. So I actually had the one-bedroom suite because it was booked into that. And then I think I read sometime in the last year that they changed it so it doesn't book into that anymore. And that's unfortunate to hear. But I loved the room there. I love that hotel. And I thought it was, like you said, it's boutique, but the rooms are super modern because it's a new hotel. It only opened a few years ago. Location is great for Times Square, for Central Park. Is you know Everything's walkable, tons of subways nearby. Highly recommend that hotel. One of the better uses of Hilton free night certificates in the U.S., I would say. Yeah, it was a beautiful hotel. And like you said, great location. And I will say it's like... The, the lobby is very small. There's not a lot of like mingling areas. So if that's what you're doing, like a business trip, I don't know that it would work so well because you don't have like a lot of public spaces to get together with your team or, or you know, entertain clients. Uh, there's a bar right around the corner that looked really cool. I think it's called like Faces or something like that right next door. That looked like a good place to check out. And I will say my wife said she liked the Conrad and Battery Park a little bit better. I've never stayed there. Uh, she stayed there. They had suites there too. She said the rooms were a little bit bigger and we both just really like the financial district a lot. It's kind of the the one spot that we in Manhattan that we probably put above everything else, which is weird, I know, but that's kind of where we're at. And so I think she liked that a little bit better. Um, but I thought it was a great use of a certificate for sure. If you, if you are going to New York and you have some some free night certs that you can't really beat that location in, in that hotel. It's a good tip about being downtown. I like downtown too because it's quieter. Uh, and it's easy enough to get uptown or to midtown, you know, to go see the touristy stuff. But, you know, it's quieter. It's not far from Brooklyn Bridge. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do downtown. And I do like it down there uh, as well. Uh, so, yeah, if you're if you're not somebody who wants to be right in the middle of the hustle and bustle, I could see, you know, being down down there. The Little Island, I, last time I was in that area, it was almost open. So I kind of saw it, but I didn't get to go on it. And you want to explain what that is for people? Because it is a cool sort of project that they built there. Yeah, so it's like, uh, I think they spent half a billion dollars building it. And it's just like a park on stilts almost. Like they built these concrete piers and then threw dirt on them. And it's all layered and leveled and like little walking trails. And they have a seating area in the in the center uh, with a couple food trucks that you can do. They were closed because we were there at night. But 
looks like you can grab some drinks and just hang out. And that's one thing I like about uh, the New York parks is they always have like a restaurant or you can get a beer and sit. And, you know, even in Central Park, you can sit and drink a beer on a bench, which is cool. You don't see a lot of places. And they had all these different winding roads and different paths you could take and climb rocks to get up. So the kids kind of liked it. And they even had like the outdoor auditoriums. I don't know how often they use them, but they had two different locations, and it looked really cool. I, I don't know if they how often they put concerts on there, but I think it would be a, a pretty amazing place to to witness something, either you know like a show or music or something along those lines. It was it was just super unique and, and something only you know New York would think to to put together. So kind of crazy, but definitely worth a visit. So you said you were there on a timeshare offer. So why don't you tell us about how that all worked? Yeah, so I don't remember if I talked about the time we did it in Orlando, if the podcast had been going yet or not. It might have been right before we started the podcast. But yeah, so we did it once before. We were there for like almost the full two hours, maybe the full two hours. And we kind of hinted like, hey, we use miles and points. And finally, I got out of it by saying, I'm here just to write about it, partly. And they they shut it down right then. So this one, we go in and it was kind of different. You're at the top level of the Hilton you have to go to the like 44th floor and then walk a little bit and then take a one level elevator up to the 45th floor and it's their sales room. Although you could be sent to different areas too. I think there's three sales rooms in this building. Uh, So we go up there, we sit down, they have the snacks, drinks, all that stuff. And then our sales rep comes out and greets us and we're waiting to go to the rah-rah room, you know, where all 30 people go together and they get you to say yes over and over by the head salesperson. Then you break off. And she's like, all right, let's go back to the desk. So they don't do that there. So New York is like a cult meeting. Yeah, basically. (laughs) It's a sales thing where they try to get you to say yes. Like, oh, do you like vacations? Yes. Would you like to go to Italy? Yes. So you get used to saying yes over and over. It's the psychological thing they do. I don't know that it works. But so we went right to her desk, sit down. I was like, cool. We mixed. We already cut 30 minutes off of this wasted stuff or whatever. We sit down, we, we chit-chat for a couple minutes, and she goes, oh, what do you do for work? And I was like, oh, I write about travel and stuff. She's like, okay, cool. I said, I write about points. And she goes, oh, like the points guy? Like everybody that knows anything always says. Like, the <laughs> it's guy. the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it happened to me in Jersey, too. We'll talk about that in a minute. But So I was like, yeah, I kind of, you know, similar thing, uh, just not as big. And she's like, okay. And I said, you know, my wife's like, yeah, you really got the wrong person. Like we we travel everywhere, and we don't spend any money. And I'm like, yeah. And and I said, you know, and she goes, how'd you hear about the offer? I said, well, I wrote about it. And then I decided to do it. And she said, wait, you you wrote about this offer? I'm like, yeah. She goes, are you going to write about this? I said, yeah, I'll probably write about my experience and maybe podcast about it. Who knows? (laughs) And she gets all like flustered. She's like, oh, I'm kind of nervous right now. I don't know why. Like, I'm honest. I'm up up front and all this stuff. Super nice lady. She's like, I've won awards that I'm like the 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 highest uh, integrity in the company and stuff. But I'm like nervous right now. She goes, okay, give me a couple minutes. She goes, I'm guessing, talk to her supervisor and comes back and she's like, okay, there's no point in doing this. You can leave if you want to. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the hack right there, man. That's the super secret hack <laughs> to get out of these things. Yeah. So, Bazinga. so I, I felt bad. I'm, she's like, you know, before I make money only if I sell things. So there's no point in me spending two hours with you. If I know I'm not going to sell it. And, we got into talking like who these are good for. And she gave me the ideal candidate, like somebody that, you know, doesn't always use their vacation time, middle class, 
doesn't like planning for vacations. They can spend this and this forces them to go on it. And she said, there's a lot of people that thank me for getting them into this because they never used to use their full vacation or go on trips. And this kind of gets them out of the house. I said, I get that. And she said, you're not that target market because you're not spending any money on your travel and stuff. And I, we talked about miles and points for a bit because of course she probably owns a couple timeshares and I talked about flights and using transferable currencies and all that stuff. And then asked her a couple questions about the program. Like what's the number one thing people always say uh, when you go into these meetings to try to stump them and get out? What do you guys think? What's, what would be your number one go-to? Uh, gotta think about it. I mean, just I gotta kids? think about it, right? <laughs> oh no, no, but it's uh, like it's like the excuse that they use that they're not gonna buy, right? That's what that's what yeah. you're that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, the excuse. Uh, college, gotta pay for college. Well, the number one I I think of or people say is the secondary market. Like you can buy these for a dollar. Why would I pay eighty thousand up front? Oh, you're right, right, right. Yeah. So I, I asked her like, what's your comeback to that, or how do you guys get around that? And she said, at least with the Hilton one. They buy, they buy them back. They have right of first refusal. So if somebody tries to sell to somebody else for too low, like say 20 grand, they go in there and buy it to keep it off the market. Uh, if it's high enough, they'll let it go through. Uh, but they basically keep the prices up because they just don't want it flooded with crappy deals trying to people get out of it. Another question I asked was, I had heard if you die and your kids don't want it, they have to like fill out these forms and do all this stuff within 30 days or they get stuck with it. She wasn't so sure about that, but she said she doesn't think that at least they don't do that where they force it on anybody. But that's something if you own one and your kids don't want it or can't afford the maintenance fees uh, to consider. Uh, so that was kind of thing. Like she said, a lot of people like to have it for their kids. Once you pay off the big fee, the monthly maintenance is like a reduced vacation that you can pass on to them and it's locked in and stuff like that. So it was an interesting like 30 minutes could have been out of there in 10 or 15 but I stayed another 15 because, you know, I like to chat, chit chat and had a great talk with her. So, and that was it. And we were I mean, back that, to the room. I mean, that sounds like I, I, that is actually sounds like a pretty interesting conversation to like get behind the scenes and get behind the curtain. I am curious what your wife was feeling though. Cause she had to sit there through it too. Is yeah, she, she naturally <laughs> curious or, you know, she's just twiddling her thumbs on her she phone was, the whole time. She was like, Oh, let me go get another bag of chips. Now she was cool about it. Like, I even made the joke. I'm like, well, if we got to sit here, I can teach you about miles and points. So you get some value out of your time. And my wife's just rolled her eyes at me and laughed. And it was funny because, because <laughs> she looks at me and she said, I can tell that you love this. And I, you know, we get a bad rep. And I, I said, I understand that there's some bad people in your, your company, not your company, but in this space. And it gives you the bad rep. And she said, yeah, everybody thinks that we're going to be shady. And I'm going to be like, oh, my kid's sick and dying. And I need this to sell one of these packages today. Or I'm going to get fired. And there are, I've had that happen in these. So it was refreshing to hear from her. And I said, I feel your pain. Like everything we talk about, like we just love this stuff. You can see, I love this stuff. And people call us credit card chills and all that stuff. No matter what we do, how much good info we give, that's a comeback. Everybody comes. So we're kind of in the same boat. Like we, we could see each other and, and deal with the similar type of things. So I thought that was interesting. That's a great point because there is a lot of that in the space, right? So when people say credit card shills or they they say that stuff, they're not. There are people that legitimately do that, right? And it's becoming more and more of a problem, especially on social media and especially like on Instagram and stuff. So in our space, so yeah, it's interesting to bring that parallel there for the values thing, Joe. I was going to ask you because I know DVC they have it written into their contracts with Disney that they have the first right of refusal to buy back. 
I wonder if Hilton has the same thing and that's how, so before you can sell it on the secondary market, they have a a certain price that they can buy it back at, uh, like you said. So I wonder if it's in the contract there, Uh, but generally, you know, I never got the idea of timeshares. Obviously we wouldn't do it because we all have points and we can travel for, for free and, you know, but I just wonder why, I understand why people do the Disney one and that's been more successful for people over the years and they actually have gone up in value, which is very rare in the, in the vacation ownership uh, market. See how I use that word correctly, Mark? Uh, it's not timeshare, it's vacation ownership. It's like uh, it's not a used car. It's a pre Yeah. Somebody corrected on <laughs> us on that word once uh, on a Vegas show. But uh, yeah, I just wonder what, what the mentality is for that. I guess it's just simplicity, right? You're paying it, you have it, you have your week a year, you know where you're going to go. A lot of these allow you to go to different places too. Obviously, Hilton has uh, grand vacation locations all over the world. So I can see the simplicity of it for like a normal person. But, I mean, generally, it's not a great deal. So it's always interesting. But grab those free points. And if you get an offer, Mark just gave you the ultimate hack. Tell him you write about travel. You have enough knowledge to kind of pull that off, and uh, it'll get you out. Um, Yeah, and the points posted within a couple hours this time, where in 2019, I had to follow up a few times. Uh, So I had the 150,000 points in my account, you know, before 5 p.m. that day. So that was pretty cool. 750 bucks worth of value, plus a discounted room for three nights in New York City. So probably like $1,200 in value for 30 minutes of my time. I'll I'll do that every day and twice on Sunday. All right. So you also went to New Jersey to Rutgers this last weekend too. (laughs) What was that about? Jersey. Yeah. So there was those choice football packages that came out a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. And they only lasted a few choices minutes. A, choices and choices and noun, not a not an adjective. <laughs> oh, you thank know, you. Just uh, English man. choice. The proper noun, just in case people don't know what he's talking about. Choice yeah. privileges. I study for my SAT verbals too. <laughs> since you've been gone, <laughs> I took the ACTs. I'm I'm not smart. So yeah. So choice privileges had this weird random promotion for a sporting team. Like you could go to college football games, and some were really really crazy, uh, and that's the one I signed up for. But it was different games and. It just didn't make sense at first. It was 150,000 points for the package I bought. And I thought, maybe this is the starting price and they just messed up. You know, somebody had tipped me off to it before it went like wide and got emailed out. Uh, So I was, you know, perusing it for like, you know, a few minutes and originally wanted to book Florida, Florida State so I could take my buddy Ryan because he's a Florida grad and that would be a crazy game. But by the time he got back to me and I transferred the points, it was sold out. So. Going through, and the only date that worked and somewhat made sense was Rutgers, uh, the Rutgers package, which, uh, come to find out, was like the last one sold because it's Rutgers. Sorry, any Rutgers grads, grads out there, but Michigan State was playing them, so that worked out well because I'm a state fan, and so I'm like, all right, I already transferred these points in, 150,000 choice points. I mean, that'll take me a while to use, so I might as well just go for this, and the deal was you get tickets to a suite, you get to go to a pre-game tailgate. You got a $100 gift card to buy Rutgers gear. Uh, you got to, to go on the field before the game for a little bit. And then they give you two nights in a hotel and then $750 travel voucher for each. I'm like, well, that this all kind of hinges on that travel voucher. Looked at the terms, and from what I could tell, it sounded like Visa gift cards. They just send you Visa gift cards. So I'm like, all right, I'm going in. I don't care. You know, I have these points. I think it's going to be Visa gift cards. That alone makes it worth it. You know, choice points are probably 150000 worth like 900 bucks, 1000 bucks. So they're going to give me 1500 bucks just to use these and I get everything else for free. So I did it and I, fi- I still was waiting for them to come back and say, hey, we messed up. This was supposed to be an opening bid. And a couple hours later, I got the email 
and they said, uh, we'll be sending you three $500 gift cards in the next day or two. <laughs> wow. What a deal. That Except for the t- fact that Michigan State lost. Well, I mean, yeah, well, way, to kill, I mean way to kill it. That's the end of the story. But <laughs> Yeah, spoiler alert. You can alert, cut that part out. You can cut that part out, Joe. No, no, it doesn't matter because Mark already didn't give me enough space to insert. Like when he said, I was like, I'm be like I was about to say, Rutgers, easy win, you know, to yeah. set it up. But, you maybe, know, Mark. Maybe before Mark, Mark, your coach Mark, Mark gets fired for phone sex, it's an easy win. But after that, it's all a hot mess. <laughs> Wait, that's Michigan State. I just, you know, we were talking at the same time. I want everyone to be clear. That's Michigan State, yeah, New Jersey. True. Yeah. So I got those, and they wanted to put us up in this like boutique hotel in Princeton, uh, which is like forty minutes away south of the stadium, further away from the airport. And I'm like, ah, man, it looks like a cool hotel in Princeton. Would be kind of cool to check out. Never been, but I don't really want that. So they're like, well, then can you find anything near the stadium? And it was all like comfort inns and, and they were kind of run down and like, you know what? We have a friend that lives in, in the area and he wants us to stay with them. So you don't have to worry about the two free nights. And the friend's name was Hyatt Regency, New Brunswick. <laughs> <laughs> that area, you know, Princeton is really nice. There's a couple of Hyatt Regencies there that are, that are older. I stayed in New Brunswick a couple of years ago, but I don't remember it being particularly special in any way, but it was fine. It was a Hyatt, but I do like some of those towns in that area it's they don't feel like the what you think of New Jersey, right? It just feels like very different from, you know, that industrial New Jersey that you He's see closer to, to New nice. York City. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Uh, Princeton, well, I, very I, nice. I, you know, I think it's like I feel like all these college towns have gotten much nicer, even from when we were in college. Like I don't know, I don't know what Lansing was like for you, Mark, but and I, I didn't guess, go to school there, so. <laughs> But it was it was. You cool didn't go to school there. there? No, Why are you I'm root for them? A, I'm just a fan. My sister went there, but I was a fan before she even went there. Just I grew up their basketball fan, and then it kind of grew from yeah. there. Izzo, yeah, but maybe. but I mean like, I mean it doesn't matter. I bet you I bet you like Lansing 25 years ago is totally different than what it is like now. Even I mean Boston is fairly you know was a fairly developed city, but there's a ton of schools here. The areas around the schools have become like much nicer, a little bit of gentrification thrown in there. And so New Brunswick is an example of that. Like Rutgers campus is nearby and it's, I dare I say close as close to hip and trendy as you can get in New Jersey outside of like Hoboken, Jersey city, which are like right outside of New York city. So um, I'm not surprised that you had a lot of good experiences there food wise and stuff. I will give a shout out to Hoboken and Jersey city. We stayed there on the trip that we went in May. And I actually think that's my preferred spot to stay. One, if you're in Jersey City ever, the sunset that happens on Jersey City and the reflection off of Manhattan, off the glass buildings, is one of the coolest things you'll ever see. So the Hyatt place there has a really nice rooftop bar. Go there at night, have a drink, sit out there and watch that sunset. It is just crazy. And I I mean, Jersey City was fun. Hoboken's fun. It's just, I kind of like that. And then you can hop the train over, you can do the subway or you can do a boat. So you got a couple options. It's an easy place to be. But New Brunswick was also, it, it, I didn't have very high expectations. Uh, the Hyatt, we picked it because it was like a 30-minute walk to the stadium. And it was right downtown. There's like 15, 20 really good restaurants right there within a three-block radius. So like everything you need is within three blocks of the hotel. And we went to the steakhouse there. It was really nice. We went to the Mexican restaurant. It was great. We went to this bar, Avernon. It was like TG, Tavern on whatever the main street is. It had the best appetizer menu I've ever seen and some of the best apps I've ever eaten. 
destination dogs is these crazy hot dogs that are super fancy and, and out of this world. So, I mean, I could see myself going to New Brunswick if you're a foodie and just like eating and drinking up the town. Clyde's Martini Basement Bar was some of the best martinis you can get around. It was just, it was a really good time. Yeah, when we stayed there a couple of years ago, it was during COVID. And all those places, they had the streets shut down and they had all their like outdoor dining stuff, which was really neat to be able to, you know, be outside. It was the summer. It was beautiful. And I agree that it, that really surprised me, that area around there. I didn't go to quite as many places as you did, but we did go to a couple bars on that trip. And I was doing a coaster trip with friends. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by that whole area. So I can second that, even though I don't have quite as much experience there as you. But it sounds like a good time. I mean, that redemption what a, what a redemption maybe the best choice redemption ever yeah it was especially if you would have gotten like a bigger game like they had some big games like new louisville notre dame they had alabama playing auburn maybe i think so they had some really key games i mean and i'll say the Rutgers camp campus was really pretty cool old buildings i enjoyed walking through that and then we got the sweet ticket so we got to go on the field for 15 minutes it was a little bit weird because they didn't let you walk around the field. You had to go in like this little corner of the end zone and just hang out there and take some pictures, which was fun. But I've been on the field at Michigan State, and you basically can just walk around the entire field and look at whatever you want to look at, where this was more restrictive. And then we went up to their – they don't really have suites, but they have like a club that looks like suites, but it's like all these suites put together in one big open room. It's got a couple bars. It has like the biggest food spread I've ever seen. There's like eight tables of chicken fingers, hot dogs – mac and cheese, pasta, pretzels, like anything you could think of, pasta salad, like anything you could think of tailgating, they had it there. So all that was included with the ticket. You did have to pay for booze at the uh, at the bars, but then you had seats outside or you could sit inside if you could find the space. They had TVs everywhere. So it was a really cool experience. Like if I lived in that area, I definitely would go to a couple of Rutgers games just to hang out there. It was miserable outside like 45 degrees and raining. Uh, so I was really happy to be in the only covered area in the stadium. Some of those uh, experiences that we've seen over the years from the various programs are amazing. And people should really open their eyes up to it because they're often a very good value. I wrote about the concert I did a few years ago. I haven't done enough of them, but I I think that it's something that a lot of people don't focus on. And uh, as you said, you can get outsized value, but also outsized experience too. It's not. It's usually a lot of special stuff, VIP type stuff, or, you know, it's not just a basic thing, and that sort of adds to the value, too. And well, But when you're getting $1,500 in gift cards, who cares about yeah, the robbing? Right. Seriously, it's profitable at that point. <laughs> yeah, I, the funny thing is they send you the gift cards. You don't even need to go. I would, people, if you had choice, you could have just cashed out your choice points at a, a premium, like double the value, and just got the gift cards and never gone to the game, even if you didn't like football. So you got to always kind of be looking for these things. And I know you did the one in Vegas through Hilton. That was like the private concert where it was very small and intimate, and they do those quite a bit, which I think those are something unique. If you find a band that you like, to be in a room with like 250 people playing for a concert is something that, yeah, you could buy the ticket for it, but it feels cooler when it's you know you use Tilton points for it. Yeah, and that was Especially like 40,000. Scott. Sorry. Yeah, and I think I think maybe we'll see a lot of the deals for Travis Scott ticket at a, at a very cheap price. Don't fall yeah. for it, guys. <laughs> don't fall for it you can you can get a very okay i shouldn't laugh at people's demise so i'll stop but you know what i'm saying he's laughing now that his mic's off <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, the crazy experiences often a good deal open your eyes to them we've seen them from just about every program has had one version of this or another so you know look out for that stuff 
I think this was a good show. I think we uh, said what we had to say here. And uh, Mark, where can people find you when they're not listening to this podcast? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Mark, or I write at uh, travelonpoints.net. Uh, so either of those places. How about you, Joe? You can find me at or, wait, or on YouTube with Sean at MTM Vegas. I was about to do it for you, bro. I, I can't believe you forgot. Like, what is, what is, <laughs> well, he what always is, does it. He's the one he, that always does I'm it. I'm just like That's the true. least important of all the things to plug, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, he's plugging his own stuff, but then he forgets to, that MTM Vegas is his own stuff. It didn't too. even, yeah, it didn't even cross my mind that he didn't say it. I had to put that in there. Otherwise, Sean would kick me out of the podcast with 12 seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, did, that did that happen? Nice. Nice. You know, the, like uh, it's uh, sometimes when you're running the software behind the scenes, like itchy trigger finger. You know, gotta gotta exactly. gotta get people out of there. You can leave, Mark. You can leave. At Azure flies all over social media, and Joseph Chung at Travelmation with an M dot net. What about you, Sean? At Miles to Memories all over social media. We do have just a couple slots in the MTM Diamond Group Patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. Uh, everything we do, Miles to Memories. Dot com And as Mark said, or didn't say, I mean, or kind of said at the end, TM Vegas, check us out there. We do two shows a week. We also have an MTM Vegas Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. So we actually do a third after show. So you get a bonus content if you guys are interested in the Vegas stuff. But youtube.com forward slash miles to memories for all of our Vegas stuff. Love doing that. And you can see Mark and I or laugh at each other and Mark laugh at himself or whatever we do yeah, twice true. a week. It's fun. We, as we I said on Twitter, Joe. I, I laugh at when I have my internal dialogue. I laugh at myself too, then too. Uh, I know we're supposed to be ending, but did you hear? Like, I saw this. I saw this message that like thirty percent of people do not have an internal dialogue, and I'm like, nuts. Are they? I, I just don't. I just don't get it. Like, my brain has. I'm like talking to myself all the time in my brain. I cannot imagine not having an internal dialogue. I'd probably fall asleep a lot quicker if I didn't have it. That would be nice. I mean, that would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. Honestly, like at night, you're just like thinking about like all the crap that's like going on. Anyway, sorry. Like how right, you ruined your kids here. that day? Yeah, I think about that every night. Every single <laughs> night, I think about that. <laughs> how you left your family outside while you had a beer on Roosevelt Island. Yeah, it, 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 you know, the, all the I little <laughs> mistakes. I waved to them from the top. It was a memory. We made a memory. We, uh, we were waving to each other. Park benches up to bar. There we go. Think I, of I'll, the photo op that was. Think of the photo op that was from that <laughs> angle, from all the way from the bottom. <laughs> no, I did offer my wife. I said, you know, we can go walk to the southern tip and go to the, the Roosevelt Park. If you want to go up and have a drink and get away, she's like, no, I had my 30 minutes of like sitting. I'm fine. Like, oh, okay, that's I offer yeah. just the Southern tip. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.